You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7pm. Today's guest of The Political Periscope is Robert Lupito, Editor-in-Chief of Calea Europeana, the main EU and transatlantic affairs media outlet in Romania. Political Periscope FRISIS Initiative Summit in Bucharest in uh, Kotorchan Palace. Already a second summit. Uh, how did it happen that uh, Romania had this, well, let's call it presidency because uh, of the lack of better word in the FRISIS uh, Initiative already for the second time? We can call it that maybe we, we got lucky, but... Um, Considering the history of this initiative that started uh, almost eight years ago, when the presidents of Croatia and uh, Poland uh, decided to announce this type of uh, gathering, this type of uh, putting together the region uh, on the sidelines of the General Assembly of the United Nations and then having the first summit in Dubrovnik, then in 2017 the summit in Warsaw, where the US president back then, Donald Trump, attended the summit. It was a pretty huge impact for the region or for a US president coming and delivering such an impetus speech of support for the what uh, former Def U.S. Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld used to call a new Europe, in contrast with the Western Europe, the old Europe. Um, then we had the 2018 summit in Bucharest, and I and I think we did a pretty good job, because we had a lot of initiatives that were uh, were delivered back then. Uh, within the Three Seas Initiative, we had the Three Seas Fund, also the list of the first projects on digital infrastructure and also energy. We also had that uh, small network of uh, commerce chambers that was uh, was developed, and also we had the first edition of the of the business forum. I would not say that in the last years the Three Seas Initiative, uh, let's say, lost traction, but the fact is that uh, in every format you need engines and probably Poland, Croatia, Romania are somehow engines of this uh, regional development and, and regional cooperation considering also their, their geographic position because here in, the, in our part of, of Europe we, we see it in flanks, the eastern flank, north uh, part of the eastern flank, southern part of the, of, of, of the eastern flank but uh, we are in a, in a whole region of this and uh, probably Romania brings its uh, expertise on the Black Sea, Poland and the Baltic countries for the Baltic Sea and also the Croatian side for the Adriatic Sea and now we, we will see what happens with, uh, with Greece because Greece now is a member of the initiative. Exactly. Uh, well, I think it's a historical moment, Greece joining. Uh, it was supposed to join uh, at the beginning, but it didn't happen. Uh, what do you think? Uh, well, it's no longer only FRISIS initiative. It's uh, someone's, some people say even six seas, uh, Ionic uh, uh, and, and uh, Mediterranean and uh, Aegean Sea, exactly. Uh, well, if we consider the fact that also the Adriatic Sea is more of a part of the of the Mediterranean Sea, yeah, we can add to that that we are now uh, six seas and 13 countries. Um, but I would say that this initiative has a lot of uh, of potential. Um, 
you know that uh, the, the Three Seas in Initiative ga gathers more than 120 now uh, million citizens, uh, countries that represent 22% of the territory of the European Union and 28% of the population. But instead of that, uh, those countries uh, represent only 10% of European Union GDP. So I will focus more on the potential force of this initiative, not the real force, because the real force legs. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but back in, uh, I, I believe within the uh, summit in Tallinn in 2020, when we had the coronavirus uh, pandemic, the IMF came with a treaty, with, with, with a study, sorry, and they said that uh, this region lacks investment on infrastructures uh, worth on Uh, 1,000 uh, 1, billion euros because we have a big deficit in infrastructure here in this region. So it is very, very important to have a country like Greece coming here because uh, Greece, it's a hub on energy. It's a hub on uh, uh, also on, uh, on pipelines. And also it is a hub uh, for the LNG as well. And probably within the dual use of uh, civil, military, mobility, roads and so on. And uh, Moldova, Moldova as a partner because it cannot be a full member because, of course, of, uh, of the fact that it's not a part of European Union. Uh, but uh, I heard also some voices, so it's written in the declaration, Western Balkans in the future, uh, maybe Georgia. What do you think? What are the perspectives of enlargement of the Free Seas Initiative? I think what the the leaders of the Three Seas in Initiative wanted at the, at this summit uh, uh, here in Bucharest, they wanted to put this initiative, the Three Seas Initiative, uh, within the geopolitical landscape. We had pretty severe consequences of the Russian invasion into Ukraine, and uh, now the Three Seas Initiative uh, wanted to. Uh, come together and bring closer to, to, to the Three Seas Initiative, uh, uh, let's say, um, countries like Moldova and Ukraine, uh, but as associate partners and associate countries, because uh, they are not members of the European Union. So probably this will happen also to the Western Balkans. And do you think, uh, what's the perspective of uh, possibly maybe including Western Balkans into European Union? Well, this is a long discussion because you've seen that uh, now with the strategic agenda uh, being discussed for the 2024-2029 period, the president of European Council, Charles Michel, said that uh, we should uh, put uh, the enlargement uh, on the top of the agenda because now it's the moment. Uh, to put the enlargement on the top of the agenda. But firstly, the European Union also needs to be re reformed within itself. So I think that when the, when the European Union will enlarge with the Western Balkans, with Ukraine and Moldova, with Georgia, with other countries, uh, there could be also an, an impetus uh, for the initiative to grow. But I think now that the, the main focus is for the initiative to grow within the Three Seas Initiative, within those countries, to actually build this connectivity north-south, uh, either for uh, transport, for railways, for energy, the digital high, uh, high road that they want also to build. So there are a lot of projects. I mean, now it's time to deliver, probably. Exactly, it's time to deliver. Uh, there is this uh, Three Seas Initiative investment fund, uh, fund that... Uh, has some money, although it's not the amount that was supposed to be gathered, uh, but it's already investing in some projects, uh, including uh, one uh, certain port in uh, Romania. Uh, 
what is being said here about this investment? Do you know why this particular port was chosen and how did it happen? Uh, well, there is a project that goes some years ago, the rail to sea that connects the ports of Constanza and Dansk, uh, that wants to connect those ports uh, on a, a rail um, um, track. But uh, it's a project that uh, usually we tend to find out of it uh, through, let's say, political communiques or, or meeting between leaders. We haven't seen many major developments on that. But now the port of Constanza becomes very, very important because from a military point of view, we have over there the Mikhail Gogolnichano Air Base, which is a NATO and US Air Base, and it's very important for pro projecting stability uh, within the Black Sea and also within the Middle East. It was very important also during the, um, the withdrawal with, uh, after Afghanistan. Uh, but now it's the fact uh, what happens with the war and what happens with helping Ukraine uh, managing to export its grains uh, through, West, through uh, worldwide markets uh, because it, need, it needs so. And uh, now we are focusing on the Constanza port a lot, we as Romania and also with the help of the European Union and other friends, because we, we, we want to build this port, this harbor, to be more, uh, more, more powerful, more prepared on a logistic point of view and more capable of, uh, of covering uh, uh, lots of transports like this. Yesterday, during the summit, during the opening remarks, uh, President Volodymyr Zelensky appealed to the presidents of the countries uh, that uh, banned, uh, that put embargo on uh, Ukrainian grain to lift this embargo, including Poland, of course. And uh, he said that Ukraine is willing to fight uh, in uh, international arbitrage for it, although it doesn't want to. Uh, what do you think is the solution? What should those countries do with this uh, embargo on, uh, on Ukrainian grain? The solution is dialogue and I think we should put this issue under a bit of context because what happens in Ukraine, uh, it's painful for Ukraine and uh, with this illegal war that Russia has, uh, has raged uh, in, in Ukraine, it's, it, it's unacceptable, of course. Uh, also, Ukraine receives a lot of help from NATO countries, from European Union countries, uh, for what we say multi-dimensional support, financial uh, aid, uh, refugee aid, humanitarian aid, uh, and also military aid, of course. Uh, and with the grains that Ukraine wants to bring to the worldwide market in order to prevent uh, food insecurity, but, no, but also to, uh, to have uh, money to support the effort of defense, Ukraine needs the support of other countries. And these countries do that because as President uh, Klaus Johannes, the host of, the, of, of this summit here in, in Bucharest said, uh, Romania is the main route for export within the solidarity lines uh, for the grains of Ukraine. Uh, more than 25 million tons of uh, grains uh, cross Romania uh, this, uh, this year in a half. Uh, also, uh, there are, they are... Um, uh, they are not uh, taxed uh, with this, um, uh, with this uh, transport of grains. But what happens, and this is an issue of internal affairs of Poland, of Romania, of Bulgaria and so on, Slovakia and Hungary, is that we uh, somehow find ourselves in, in the situation where those grains 
were put on the market here in Romania. And it is an, uh, let's say, unfair competition for Romanian, for Polish, for Slovakian, and for Bulgarian and Hungarian farmers. Let's not forget that here in our part of Europe, the agriculture sector uh, has a strong place within the proportion of our GDP. So, uh, and, and also we receive a lot of money uh, from the European Union for uh, uh, harvests uh, of uh, cereals, grains, and, and so on. So, uh, I think that uh, if... Definitely, we want to help Ukraine, of course. But if we want to be able, from a financial point of view, we need, we need to take care of our interests. Also, Poland needs to do that, Romania, Bulgaria, Slovakia, all other countries, because we do not have the economic might of Germany and France, for instance, to do so uh, with, um, with easiness. Uh, and that's why I think it's necessarily a, a dialogue, because this, this is a cycle. If uh, Romanian, Polish, and other economies prosper, the GDP goes up, and countries like ours can help with money, with different types of aid, uh, Ukraine. And the help for Ukraine is still there, but the fact is that uh, our countries, our officials say that we do not want to uh, have these grains within our markets because it uh, distorts competition. Today is uh, the business forum of the Free CC Initiative, and uh, as I heard yesterday, there there are over a thousand businessmen uh, from all around the world. Uh, yesterday, during the summit, there were guests from, for example, Japan. But isn't there a risk that from, let's say, Japan, when you're looking at the map of Central Europe, you see Poland, you see Romania, maybe, and some small, funny countries somewhere in between, and uh, that those countries of the Free Seas Initiative, those foreign investments that we are trying to bring here, are going to concentrate in Poland, in Romania, and uh, are n we're not going to, to go uh, to those smaller ones. Well, there is also a lack of, uh, let's say, um, lack of unitary development in the inside of, uh, of the region, because the countries from the Visegrad group Poland, the Czech Republic, uh, Slova uh, also Hungary and also S Slovakia are on a bit higher level than other countries like the Baltic countries, like, uh, like Romania, for instance. Uh, we have the example of Estonia, which is very attractive from the digital point of view. Uh, we have Croatia that it's, uh, it's also a very uh, uh, interesting uh, place for investment in, uh, in tourism but also in uh, LNG terminals and other terminals uh, because of its, of its harbors and ports within the Adriatic Sea. Uh, yes, we have Romania and Poland as champions of uh, different, um, of different uh, uh, initiatives and, uh, and projects, but the fact is that this business forum, initially, initially launched in Bucharest in 2018 and having now its fifth edition uh, back in, uh, in Bucharest, had other three editions in um, Tallinn, uh, uh, Sofia, and, and Riga, and next year it will happen to Vilnius. So there is an opportunity uh, with this. Uh, before the summit, I've read an analysis from the Atlantic Council, uh, US think tank that you know is very keen to this initiative, that they said that maybe one of the solutions would, would be to, to build uh, and to create a three seas initiative uh, chamber of commerce for all the countries. It might be it might be an idea because 
uh, we come from the same region. We have more or less the same uh, the same opportunities and and the same challenges, so we can cope better together if we if we manage to fusion this uh, this capital of uh, of money of ideas as well and of um, and of innovation because we had also a decision uh, at the summit here in Bucharest to launch the uh, Tracy's uh, Innovation Fund. Don't you think that? There could be some problems related to this uh, common chamber of commerce. Uh, that, for example, where in which country should be should we should the foreign uh, investor invest? Uh, actually, uh, like, well, there are also some questions. How are the projects chosen uh, for the Free Seas Investment Fund? Which projects? Why those projects and other not? And uh, it's not uh, that clear, maybe, from the outsider perspective. Uh, yes, but uh, I think that uh, a solution can be can be found. And anyway, it's a competitive market. So if a country like Estonia, for instance, or like Latvia, has a better bid than Romania and Poland that uh, offer should go to of, of course to that country but uh you can also have a very big investment that can channelize its uh, its headquarters or its uh, working points in different parts of of the region but for to do that you need to have these projects being developed like via carpatia like via baltica in order to be or all and also to have very good flight connections i i have to say that back in uh, back in july when i was at the nato summit i had to travel by flight to Warsaw and then to Vilnius. I didn't have a direct flight because Vilnius. So we we need to have a better connection uh, within the region. We have, for instance, this um, this evolution with the small nuclear reactors on uh, civil nuclear energy, because the special envoy of the U.S. president for climate, uh, John Kerry, was here, and we know that the un United States wants to to build, and it uh, and, uh, had, has also put money and resources to build here in Romania the first the first uh, nuclear reactor of these types of this type outside the United States here in Romania. But they also want to invest in project like in projects like this in Poland and in other countries. So there, this is an example of the same type of project that can be developed in many countries of the of the region. You said the Chamber of Commerce, but. Uh Generally, in the free seas, there is uh, some administrative structure, some office uh, lacking. Yeah, there is, but uh, l let's uh, somehow um, imagine that the free seas initiative is more like like the European political community that we had launched back to, back here uh, last year. Um, the fact is that when you build a bureaucracy within uh, within um, this um, initiative uh, you tend to make it maybe less flexible maybe less adaptive and agile and also but also there is a risk because it it gives a sense that nothing is binding over there uh, you do not have maybe a follow up you do not have maybe someone that can uh, can um, let's say uh, like a general secretariat of the of the three C's initiative and this could be a topic for the future uh, if you would have asked me this question let's say one or two or three years ago the answer is let's see how it goes now with what we see after eight years uh, the fact is that we still have impetus we still have interest in this initiative 
as you mentioned, we have 1,000 uh, people, uh, civil society, governments, experts, businessmen that are at the uh, Romanian Palace of Parliament for the business forum. We had we have leaders coming for all uh, all other countries. Now at at the summit in Bucharest, we had representatives from Japan, United Kingdom, Turkey, France, the European Commission, Germany, of course, and the United States. So there is an interest that's why i mentioned there is a time to deliver now it's is the time to see that these initiatives this initiative brings something forward that we have a project that is delivered within the uh, let's say the flag of the three c's initiative of course with european union money with uh, capital uh, uh, funds of course and also with the help of the, of the united states because we have to 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 say so but we can manage to find a solution, let's say, to have a headquarter of the network of chambers in, I don't know, the Baltic countries, to have the the headquarters of the Three Seas Initiative Fund in Poland and have the General Secretariat in Romania and also to have a special body in Croatia, for instance. So we can find solutions on that, but we also need, uh, need to give budget to that. Among those now 13 countries, but 12 countries uh, up to yesterday. Um, there is one which is uh, particularly inactive in the Free Seas Initiative. I'm, of course, uh, talking about Austria. Uh, do you think there is a way to change a bit this Austrian attitude towards the Free Seas Initiative? <laughs> it's funny to ask this question to a, to a Romanian guy that uh, got blocked uh, with Schengen within the European Union because of, uh, because of Austria. Well... There is also a part of this, of this Three Seas initiative. You know that it, it is a presidential platform. Uh, so if you look at, at the countries in the region, uh, besides, let's say, uh, Lithuania, Romania, Poland, uh, where, the, let's say, the power is uh, uh, balanced, equalized between the government and the president, or the president has more powers, in other countries like Hungary, like Austria, for instance, like Croatia as well. We have the governments that are powerful and the presidents that play less more, let's say, more uh, uh, honorary role. And this is the case with Austria and it is the case with Hungary as well. But we managed to have to, to, to have in different editions of the three C's initiative prime ministers. Like like now we had Prime Minister Plenković from Croatia. Uh, back in 2018, we had here also President Duda and Prime Minister Morawiecki. So uh, this is a sign. Uh, the fact is that in Austria, the president has a more honorary role, but I, I think it adds to the geography, of course, of this three seas initiative, because it's, uh, there are also very important the inner waters. And now we are discussing about the Danube. That is very important. Let's remember that the Danube crosses 10 countries and four capitals, uh, out of which uh, three of them, B uh, uh, Budapest, Bratislava and Vienna are within the three seas initiative. So um, I think that uh, bringing Austria uh, more close uh, demands in channelizing those, uh, those projects that Austria is interested in. And there is another black sheep in the initiative. Of course, I'm talking about Hungary. Uh, yesterday, uh, during the press conference, I heard that all the countries agreed, all the leaders agreed on the support of Ukraine, uh, but uh, most of them agreed uh, of uh, the need of uh, arming Ukraine. And uh, of course, 
it's obvious that Hungary wasn't among those who agreed to arm Ukraine. Uh, the problem with Hungary wasn't existing, existing before uh, the Russian invasion, but now it's a serious problem and Hungary uh, se seem, seems not to really fit into European Union or into FreeSIS initiative uh, for this instance uh, within its uh, policy towards Ukraine. And so how could it affect the initiative? Uh, as of now and until now, we saw that many uh, problems, many turbulences in political dialogue within the European Union somehow avoided the Treaties initiative. So we didn't see Hungary playing uh, uh, the bad boy role here within the initiative, but also the Treaties initiative is, is not a political body that uh, brings forward decision that has uh, has impact like like the European Union of course because uh, the three seas initiative is uh, an uh, initiative within the European Union and and it was very interesting the message of president macron that was delivered uh, yesterday at the summit a written message to the participants calling for those countries to help the european strategic sovereignty but when it comes to hungary uh, hungary uh, uh, has a special interest uh, that you can uh, foresee a predictable dialogue with Hungary and is the economic dialogue. I don't think that Hungary will step aside and will want to not feel included in an initiative or in a format that can bring uh, economic gains. And I'm saying this to you because we have here in Romania the Brua pipeline, which was supposed to connect Bulgaria, Romania, Hungary and Austria uh, especially for the gas that can that can come from the terminals in Greece, but also from the gas, the Romanian gas that we have in the offshore of the, of the Black Sea. But also Hungary was present here to prime, with Prime Minister Orban uh, in December last year uh, at the same palace at the at, at the presidential palace, uh, where uh, Azerbaijan, Romania, Georgia, and Hungary launched the project of the uh, electric submarine cable. Um, uh, under the Black Sea in order to connect the Southern Caucasus uh, to the rest of the European Union through Azerbaijan, Georgia, the Black Sea, Romania and Hungary. So uh, it's a project that it, it's a very special interest uh, for, uh, for Hungary. So I think that Hungary will play a positive role in um, bridging the gap within the region. But when it comes to Ukraine, Yes, it's not only the black sheep, it's also a Trojan horse. And uh, it's uh, um, we cannot understand, and it's also... Uh, uh, it lacks historical fair, fair play. Because uh, Prime Minister Orban was the guy that brought Hungary into NATO. He was a liberal back then, in the end of the 90s. Hungary suffered from the oppression of the Soviet ruling. So it lacks... The historical fair play because we they were in a situation like uh, uh, like this but uh, you know here in in democracies citizens are the ones that get to decide we will have elections in Romania you will have also ele elections in Poland they decided for Viktor Orban and the Fidesz party we have to work with them so last question short prediction for the elections in uh, Romania last uh, next year what can they change in your foreign policy um, I hope that the, that the main lines of our foreign policy will not be changed and and I think they will not be changed because we have 
three main, three main lines, which is the, the strategic partnership with the United States and raising Romania's profile and influence within the European Union and, and NATO. And that's, that goes subsequently into the three siege initiative, the Bucharest Nine format and, uh, and so on and other regional and bilateral partnerships. And I think that um, the coalition that will uh, uh, arose to power after the after the election will will manage to do that. Now we have a grand coalition of the center left with the with the center right uh, here in uh, in Romania. There is a scenario that they might continue working together after the elections, depending on uh, who wins what. We have a, a, a sort of right wing party. Uh, called our here in Romania that uh, uh, it's very well placed in uh, in um, opinion polls and they have a very uh, centrifugal uh, let's say uh, speech a more urban style speech a more nationalistic speech and they are also uh, allegedly uh, linked to to Russia uh, and uh, we should see how that uh, that goes but my not my prediction my hope is that um uh, within our national fiber that we are european and transatlantic uh, citizens uh we will find somehow the same uh, the same reason that we found back in 2019 when we had a very pro european uh, movement and i hope we can repeat that it will be difficult because citizens are are disappointed but i hope we can manage to find that uh, that energy to bring that forward once again thank you very much Thank you as well for having me. This was the Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m. 